What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Lisa Della Parra Johnson on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Lisa, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Thanks, Shelly. I'm so happy I'm here to share my story. Uh, so, yeah, uh, let's just start with uh, general speaking. Um, my name is Lisa, and I have been married to my husband for a year now, but we've been together for about seven years, a little over seven years. And we have three angel babies. We currently do not have any living children. And we are still on that journey to conceive our first. But growing up, uh, I would say that I was definitely a late bloomer. Uh, we, well, I got my period later than normal people do. I think a lot of my friends got their period before I did, and I didn't get my period until I was 14. I know that that's still in the normal range, but it is on the later side. And I always had this weird gut feeling that something wasn't right, something wasn't normal with me. Even though I did have normal cycles, I just had a weird overlying feeling of, okay, I might have trouble conceiving. But um, I did go on birth control and I was on the pill for about eight years and around 2016 I started to get uncomfortable symptoms. Uh, the hormone shifts were really powerful and I just wanted to seek an alternate route of birth control because my husband and I, well then boyfriend, we're talking more about starting a family and we're just trying to figure out the timeline. So I went to my doctor. We had just moved to South Carolina from the New England area. So I had to find a new doctor, figure this out and figure out a new method. So she convinced me that maybe the reason why I was having some hormonal symptoms, an imbalance was because I was on the pill for so long. And sometimes what happens is it's a fake period. You're ovaries shut down and they're not really producing the normal hormone cycle that your body is naturally supposed to go through. So we decided an IUD would be best, but we went with, I think it was a Skyla, which really only protects you for about two years. And it's supposed to be the, um, I think it's a, the version of Monera, the, I think it's called Monera or Mara. And it only supposed to be in there for two years. And that aligned perfectly with our schedule. So we decided to go with it. But that was when things really, you know, took a turn. So we put it in about the beginning of 2017. And that whole year was just hell for me. I had cystic acne breakouts, night sweats, major mood swings. And finally, I had a really painful left side pain. And I was like, I have to go to the hospital. And this was around October time. And the doctor, I knew something was wrong because the doctor was like, yeah, so we're having trouble getting this 
out uh, because it is embedded on your left uterine wall. And I was like, wait, what? This only this kind of stuff only happens for like one to two percent of women. Um, yeah, you know, that was my biggest fear. I had Paragard, which is an IUD, and I was yeah. so terrified of that. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, what are the odds of this happening? So I just remember it was like a half an hour of them trying to get it out. Another doctor came in. They have the ultrasound. They're trying to like. You know, basically, I felt like I was being tortured for a good half an hour, and they said that we they couldn't get it out, so they sent me home with a prescription of uh, misoprostol. And I looked it up, and I was like, "Wow, this is the same medication that women go through if they have like a missed miscarriage, or you know, for different reasons." So it's like, I hope I'll never have to use this again because it was very it wasn't the best experience ever, but finally they were able to get it out after I had taken that because that kind of helps with contractions and it helped release it from my wall. So I finally got that out and I was like, we're not doing anything birth control wise because we're, you know, probably going to want to start a family sooner rather than later than we thought we would. We end up getting engaged and now we're planning a wedding, but I never got my period back. And the whole 2018 year is never once had my period. So I lost my period for an entire year and a couple, add a couple of months to that. My cystic acne got worse. My hair started falling out. Um, it, the laundry list of hormonal imbalance went on. And I remember calling my doctor saying, hey, something's not right. Aren't I supposed to have my period? And they kind of just like pushed me off of like, yeah, sometimes this happens. I'm like, yeah, but it's been like three or four months. I remember calling them back then. It's been three or four months since I got the IUD out and, you know, shouldn't I have my period? And I finally gave up with them and I went to a holistic doctor instead. And they actually diagnosed me with PCOS, but I don't have that. I was, it was a misdiagnosis there, but they did want to get my period to resume. So they did put me on progesterone and that worked. I ended up getting my period in January of 2019. And this was a month before our wedding. So we were excited. All the stars were aligned. I said, this is it. We're going to start right away and we're going to be married in perfect timing. So a couple of months after that, I was, my cycles weren't truly normal. So I went back to the doctor in May, 2019, and uh, we ended up doing like the day three testing and all of that. And it turns out that my prolactin was really high. My ovarian reserve was low and I'm freaking out because I'm like, see, I knew something was wrong with me. And then the net very next cycle, I ended up getting pregnant. So I remember when I first saw that first pregnancy test that was positive, I was like, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, nothing is wrong with me. It was all in my head. So it was perfect timing. We had just closed on our house. Uh, we had already picked out the nursery room and everything made sense to us of like, this was meant to be. And then when I was supposed to be seven weeks, and it was just so happened to be the first uh, scan appointment, we, I woke up that morning 
and I didn't, I had a really bad dream. So I ended up going to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I saw bright red blood and I was like, what is happening? I ended up going to the doctor's appointment later that morning and they told me that everything is fine. It doesn't seem to be, you know, any blood in the uterus. It just seems to be coming from the outside. So we said, oh, it's probably, you know, from the cervix or from something else because the baby was fine, its heart was beating. But she did tell me that um, sometimes when the mom has an RH negative blood type and the dad is positive, it can create a baby with a positive RH blood type. And sometimes when the baby baby's blood mixes with the mom's, you know, something could happen because, you know, my body's just like, wait, what are these tags flying around here? We don't recognize this. So she gave me the Rogam shot and she said that that should stop the spotting. And it did. Everything was fine. Perfect. But I did kind of feel something still wasn't right, but I just kind of buried it <laughs> deep down and ignored it. And I remember for a second, just the day before our second scan, I had this weird feeling that, again, something wasn't right. Even though I had all the pregnancy symptoms, I started to get a little bit morning sickness. I never threw up or anything, but I started to, you know, get a little bit nauseous and, you know, my exhaustion was to the, to another level. So I took a pregnancy test and it of course came out positive, but I don't know what I was expecting, but the next day we went to the appointment and I just remember being in the ultrasound room and the lights go off and the technician is all happy. And she's telling us we may be able to hear the heartbeat today. And I just remember my husband, Steve had the biggest grin, like one of those like stupid smiles on his face. <laughs> and I looked at the screen and I didn't see any movement. I thought I would see movement and I immediately knew something was wrong. And I looked at the technician. I wasn't looking at Steve anymore. I was just glaring at the technician to see any flicker of positivity and I didn't. And she said, I'm just going to go grab your doctor. And I said, hold up. <laughs> I like literally forced it out of her. I was like, you have to tell me what's going on. She was like, no, I, I need to talk to your doctor and just see what she saw. And I said, in your last appointment. And I said, well, the heart was beating in the last appointment. Is it beating now? And she said, I can't see it. So I sat up and I said, I, I knew, I knew this. I knew something was wrong. I just knew it. I just knew it. And Steve said, hold on. Like, you know, maybe, maybe like it's in a different position and trying to calm me down. And I just, in my heart, I knew something was wrong. And the doctor comes in and, you know, they do the little whisper and couldn't really hear what they were saying. But then the doctor finally said, unfortunately, we can't, there is no heartbeat. Um, and she asked me, you know, were you experiencing any more spotting? I said, no, not, not since that, that day that I saw you. And she told me that, um, you know, we're going to talk in the other room, but unfortunately the baby is, um, stopped growing. And I, she's told me it grew a little bit more, but it had stopped at that eight week mark. And I was supposed to be almost 10 weeks. So just the fact that I was walking around happy, 
discussing the future and not knowing that it was no longer alive. It just, to me, that was like the worst, it was sickening, I would just say. It's, it was a, a really sick feeling. So we got dressed and I just remember, <laughs> you know, everything is kind of blurry during the rest of that appointment. And she suggested a DNC and I just was too emotional because I knew that the, some of the risks were that, you know, a tool could go through your uterine wall. And I was like, we're not doing that. <laughs> I cannot, I can't, the odds of what happened to me with the IUD, we're not doing a DNC. And I went with a medication because I was familiar with it. I had taken it before. And so I was like, you know, it can't be that bad, right? But it was. Um, she didn't send us home with <laughs> any instructions of what to do if something went wrong other than a phone number that maybe they would pick up. We were very undereducated of what the medication would actually feel like. You know, she told me, oh, you know, you may feel some nausea, but it's usually over really quickly. And it was not. It lasted for 48 hours. And the later 48 hours was <laughs> when we were in the middle of the night. And I, I swear, I was like going through labor. I blacked out. Steve told me that I could barely look him in the eyes. He was ruffling around for papers for a phone number. It was one of the most traumatic, I'm laughing about it now, but I'm, it was one of the most traumatic moments of my life of like, I actually thought that I was going to die. And I have spoken to some woman about their experience with the medication. They said it was so brutal and they will never ever do it again they much rather do a d and c and i can say that now of like i think next time if it ever happened to me again i would choose a d and c but then again i know that that you know comes with um it's a different set of uh cons i would say but since then um we ended up going back to the doctor to make sure everything worked. Um, they did think that I had an infection, so I was on two rounds of antibiotics. And once we confirmed everything had left, we, uh, we started trying again. Even though the doctor told us to wait until I get my period back, I had told her that I was tracking everything. Like I tracked my HCG going down, incongruent with um, ovulation tests so I could pinpoint when I would ovulate again and I actually pinpointed it and we were successful to a certain point because in September we conceived again and it was a chemical so it was a faint positive and it only lasted for like 48 hours of celebration and it went away and i knew that okay you know i don't really know if i really truly treated it as another miscarriage at the time looking back i was still healing from the first one because it, the the feelings and the emotions were still so raw that in reality, I didn't see it as two. I still saw it as one. 
but it was a chemical and yet again I did the same thing make sure I tracked my ACG going down and then um, I made sure I pinpointed the ovulation with ovulation tests and we conceived for a third time and this was in October and I just remember everything about it was right everything from the moment I saw that positive pregnancy test. I said, third time's a charm. This is it. And the fact that the due date was actually on my birthday week in June of 2020. So it, it was like a shout from the universe that this was going to be it. And I remember calling the doctor all excited and telling them, that you know, I want to come in for my HCG draw and make sure my progesterone levels were level because we had never done that before, um, and I just had a sneaky suspicion that it was my progesterone levels that were causing us issues. And the nurse said, "Oh, that's not necessary." And I thought, "What do you mean it's not necessary? I've I've had." a missed miscarriage and then a chemical and now I'm pregnant again and you don't want to track my HCG levels or progesterone levels at all. And she said, no. <laughs> I thought to myself, something's not right here. I, I really haven't had a good relationship with this doctor and office and the nurses. I really don't think they care about me. So Obviously, you know, I hung up and then, you know, I made my, my eight week scan appointment and it, that seems so far away, especially when you've experienced loss before and you just want to make sure that everything is okay. So I told myself, just remain calm, just relax. We got this, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. My anxiety went through the roof. I was doing, I was doing the blood check in the bathroom every single time I went to the bathroom to the point where I had a panic attack. And I was frozen. I didn't know what to do. And I called my best friend and I told her, I was like, just to let you know, I'm pregnant, but I'm also so freaking out because I don't know if it's going to be okay. And then she was shocked that my doctor didn't want to monitor me in any way. And she said, you need to find a new doctor and you should go to, I don't know if you heard of walk-in lab where you can go online and um, you know buy it buy a progesterone test or an ACG test and you go to like a lab corp or a quest and they can do it for you without insurance or like a, a doctor's order so that's what I did I first was searching for new doctors and the second thing is I did this whole walk-in lab to to monitor my own ACG levels and you know go every 48 hours and it was good. The, the levels were fine for what they were supposed to be for five, five and a half weeks. And, you know, that put me at ease and everything was okay. And I was just to the point where I was able to like take a step back and relax. And I remember telling my husband, I was like, let's go furniture shopping. Cause you know, we're still settling into our new house and I remember I was like, oh, I'm just gonna run to the bathroom really quick and then we can go. And I started spotting. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I like, see, I knew something 
was wrong. And the fact is, is like, I don't know what my progesterone levels are because that test was too expensive for me. So I was like, I'm going to go take a progesterone test when LabCorp is open again, um, because it was over the weekend. Then the spotting progressively quickly <laughs> turned to a full on miscarriage. And I just remember shouting from the bathroom. I said, Steve, he said, what? I was like, I'm miscarrying. And he's like, are you? And he, I remember he got a chair and just sat outside the bathroom. And I was just talking to him. And in my head, I was like, well, I guess I'm glad that it's happening naturally instead of going through that whole missed miscarriage situation again. So I was rationalizing with myself that, you know, it was good that it was happening. And that's a weird, a really weird feeling to have, to be thankful that it's happening naturally. Does that make sense? Um, so it does. Yeah. <laughs> and I, we went furniture shopping after, <laughs> like, I was like, I, I'm not going to let this stop my day. We're going to go and I'm not going to run to the ER. I'm not going to do any of that because what are they going to do? Tell me I'm miscarrying. Cause I already know that. So we went furniture shopping <laughs> and acted like everything was normal. And Monday morning I went into the doctors and I just remember the technician I don't know if they share notes with the reason why you're there other than the fact that you're pregnant and you know you need an ultrasound but she was all happy she was like hi like how is everything like are you excited and I said I'm I pretty sure I miscarried and I'm just here to confirm that I miscarried and her demeanor quickly changed I just I was over the whole experience. I was over the fact that I was back in my old doctor's office again because the new doctor couldn't take me right away. So I just like, get me in, get me out. And that's what they did. They confirmed that I had miscarried. And at the time there was still like a cyst on my ovaries and they thought that it was an ectopic at the time, but I, I'm not quite sure what it was, but my ACG levels were quickly dropping and my progesterone level, but I think at the time that day they took the draw on that Monday. So this was about like 48 hours after I miscarried. It was like at a one. So I don't really know what it, we don't know what it was. And I was convinced that it was my progesterone levels. And I just remember I, walked out of that doctor's office after they confirmed I got in the car with my husband. I said, bring me to the liquor store. We're getting a bottle of wine. And it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. And we went and did that. And I, that was the last day. This is like a, a thing that I haven't really shared with anyone really. That was the last day I had alcohol because I realized that the drinking was not going to help me heal. It was just a temporary point of, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it was just a temporary band-aid of taking away my emotions from the situation. 
And the next morning I woke up and I was like, we're going to make some life changes here. Even though we were really both, we were both healthy people, but I said, there's something going on that something's not working and I want to figure it out. So since then, I have been trying to seek answers, but I've been seeking answers in a way of also knowing that I may not find answers because I think a lot of women, when they have reoccurring pregnancy loss, there is a reason, but some women are lucky enough to get pregnant right away after. Some women don't figure out what's going on ever um, and seek alternate routes. But I went on this journey knowing that I may not ever find out what had caused those three miscarriages in a row. And I, I'm just trying to make peace with that, but still find it, trying to find answers at the same time. So since then, we have, I actually went to an acupuncturist and I um, had weekly acupuncture appointments and went on herbs for a little while. And I stopped that um, because I think some of it, I think some of it, which she was giving me was like Vitatex. And I think that screwed up my periods even more. But what had happened was I, my luteal phase was just almost non-existent after those miscarriages. So I went to the doctor again in January and she uh, came to the conclusion and she was so nice. She listened to everything. Um, and she believed that it was my progesterone because of my short luteal phases. And so she put me on progesterone, which is interesting to me because back in 2018, when I finally, um, towards the end of the year, I was put on progesterone to get my period back. So all of this is starting to make sense that maybe it was that. But since then, I have been on progesterone in my luteal phase as a support. And with everything going on, we were supposed to do some more testing. But of course, everyone knows that it's, we're kind of all in quarantine. So we decided to just put a pause on that for a while and just keep on trying for to conceive um, our first and I decided I don't know it was like a, an experiment that I did this past cycle and I was like I'm gonna not I'm not gonna take progesterone and just see how long my luteal face is and it turns out that it's fine now um, and I was really excited about that it's just I really needed to know that I'm okay and that I just went through something really hard and I came to a conclusion that there was something wrong with me and I, that really affected different areas of my life of waking up every morning and telling yourself that there's something wrong with you. It's, it wasn't healthy for me. So I finally said, what if, what if I just pretend that nothing is wrong with me? and see how it goes. And I think that shift that has recently happened has really helped me kind of grow from this whole experience and this whole journey. Yeah, so I, I'm in a better place and it's a weird thing to kind of be thankful for the losses that I had 
but at the same time realize that if each pregnancy did work out, we would have been in a different part of our lives and a different journey. And we, we would have been happy then too. I know a, a lot of women feel like some of the worst parts of pregnancy loss is what other people say to you. I mean, how many times have we heard, you know, it was probably for the best, you know, everything happens for a reason. At least you can get pregnant. Just a lot of the stuff that you hear almost makes the, the wound worse and it stings a little bit more. But I have really taken all of it and attempted to see the silver lining, but also know at the same time that we would have been happy no matter what had happened. Yeah, absolutely. You shared very beautifully. <laughs> that sounds really weird, but like you did such a good job. I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice, which honestly, like you already kind of gave, I feel like, what would it be? Um, yeah, I would say just get to know yourself a little bit more. I know this is going to sound really blunt, but you come into this world alone and you're going to die alone, not necessarily, but if you don't have that deep connection with yourself, I don't think you're going to really heal in the way that you want to. So if you are happy with yourself and like, I think the having a miscarriage can definitely take you away from that. You know, you don't trust your body anymore or you think that something was wrong with you and you want to build that back up so just finding that connection with yourself again is one of the most important points in this in this journey that i would say i would recommend absolutely i agree and how like not to put you on the spot but how yeah. do you feel like you've been doing that yeah um i'm a writer i definitely take the time to be by myself, write down all my feelings, all my emotions, work through them. Um, I don't have like a, a structure of the way I write. I just like find a place. I write down everything that has happened to me or that day and just kind of pick apart maybe why I'm feeling that way. And it's really therapeutic for me. I mean, I have a routine. I think that's another thing that I would say that's, that's helping myself of seeing how I, you know, go about my day and just approaching my whole life for just curiosity and without judgment. That's like my thing of approach life with curiosity without judgment, because you, you will feel a lot of emotions in this journey that may make you feel like you're a bad person, like for example, like, you know, feeling feelings of jealousy when you see other women that are pregnant or have babies, that is a true emotion and that's part of grieving. But knowing that you're not a bad person, that you're feeling that way and that like you've been through something and that it's okay and that you're still healing. I think that's really important of just being curious to why you're experiencing all of these emotions and just being kind to yourself. Yes, 
I 100% agree. For me, it was fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like threw myself into a goal, like a fitness goal. Yeah. And for me, that was my way. Um, everyone is so different. So I love to just kind of hear how how you're kind of building that connection again. So I appreciate you sharing yeah. that with us. If somebody wants to reach out to you, Lisa, where could they do so? Yeah, you can, I would say Instagram is the, the best way to get in okay. touch with me. Yeah, cool. And I'll link that in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for doing this this morning. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Shelly. Best of luck. Keep us posted on everything. Thank you. I will. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. 